podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washing, your independent voice of Derby County. Here we go again then. The new season is upon us and in our second pre-season pod, we are entering uncharted territory as we get the views of opposition fans from not one, not two, not three, but four different clubs at the same time in a preview episode we're calling the League One Roundtable. I'm Richard Kutcher, and as we discussed in our latest podcast, Derby County are among the bookies' favourites for League One promotion, but several other teams will be feeling quietly confident, not least the three who finished above the Rams. So we're joined by fans of Derby's potential promotion rivals, Bolton, Barnsley, Reading and Portsmouth to get some alternative takes on the upcoming campaign, their aspirations for 23-24, and of course their own thoughts on the sides competing for the top six. So let's introduce our guests for pod debuts on the SBW podcast. From the Lion of Vienna, Bolton Wanderers podcast, we're joined by James Jarvis. Hello James, how are you doing? Hello Richard, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Great to have you on the pod. One of the teams, obviously, that finished above Derby last season. We'll come on to that in a bit, but uh, I'm certainly got my eyes on Ian Ian Everts Wanderers this season. So looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about them. Uh, Dialing in from the Red All Over Barnsley FC community group and podcast, we're delighted to have Tracy Martin. Good evening, Tracy. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, good. Really good. Sunday evening, uh, a week, less than a week away from the start of the football league season. So, uh, really ready for some uh, for some league football again. And joining from the tireless end, the Reading FC website and podcast is Ben Thomas. Ben, I'm actually from down the road from you in Wokingham, so uh, I always keep a close eye on uh, on Reading. So, looking forward to hearing your thoughts. How are you doing, Ben? Um, uh, I, personally, I'm all right. Uh, can't say the same for my team. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Um, Soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah, we will do. Um, um, we empathise uh, with your position you find yourself in now, Ben, so I'm sure we can uh, share some thoughts on that. And last, but by no means least, to give us the Pompey perspective, is broadcaster for Portsmouth Express FM, Jake Smith. Thank you for joining us, Jake. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for, for having us. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this. Yeah, Pompey is one of my favourite away days, actually. I was glad to get that back down there last season on a, on a cold Friday night. In, I think it was like November, wasn't it? I think we played yeah, you guys. Yeah. Um, wasn't the best game I've been to, but uh, looking forward to get back down to the South Coast again. So a general one for all of you to start with, and we'll start with you, James. It seems to us as Derby fans that League One is particularly open this season after the three best teams by a distance, I would say, got promoted. James, is that the feeling among Bolton fans? Obviously, you you were in the mix in the playoffs. Did, did you kind of feel that that was probably the best three teams to go up? Uh, I'd say they were more they were most deserved across the entire season. I mean, Ply- Plymouth were just consistently brilliant. Um, they were really, really tough to break down when we played them. And, um, they, and they were just very clinical. They took all the chances, even, dis- even despite us... Um, thrashing them on their Wembley away day they went there to their next game and uh, and won pretty comfortably so they were mentality monsters that season obviously Ipswich were entirely free scoring 101 goals is absolutely insane in a 46 game season so well done to them and Wednesday um, even even when they got we got battered 4-0 in that semi in that um, semi-final against Peterborough I could never count them out mainly mainly because Peterborough uh, one of the most inconsistent sides. They can be absolutely amazing or absolutely terrible. And it, and they proved that over both legs. And then Sheffield Wednesday just showed, um, sh- showed what they're about. Their quality eventually told in the end. And yeah, I'd say all three were thoroughly deserved. We didn't do nearly enough to 
to demonstrate ourselves in the in the semi-final against Barnsley. And, and how's the feeling then among Bolton fans, James? Because obviously Derby had a pretty poor record against all of the, the, the kind of top six, top seven teams. But Bolton was one of the teams we did get did get a result against uh, at least. Um, so how, how's your pre-season been, your summer activity and how's it shaping up? Uh, I personally put very little stock into pre-season results, but I know that there are people who do and uh, we've gone unbeaten in our entire pre-season and that includes a, a draw against a solid Everton side and uh, and a f- very entertaining 4-3 uh, win against uh, West Brom, who uh, who should be do pretty well in the championship this season. So it's, it's all looking really good. Um, overall, I'd say there's less competition up there next season, even though Overall, the league as a whole is probably a bit closer competitively. I'd say there's still maybe only about four or five teams up at the top you'd expect to be challenging in or around the the automatics at some point during the season. And I fully expect Bolton to be up there, one of them. Um, a lot We've not really lost anyone significant in the transfer window and uh, we've only really added, starting with small little additions here and there just to boost the squad depth and then uh, as the season is approaching now, we're starting to add a lot more proven quality to the team, like with our recent, most recent signing of Carlos Mendes Gomez to add a bit of flair to our midfield. All signs are looking extremely positive, especially with Ian saying he expects one more to come in before uh, the our opener against Lincoln. Fantastic. Yeah, I think we're probably all hoping for at least one more signing. Uh, well, at least one more signing. Derby fans definitely keen for at least one more. Uh, Tracy, how's the general mood at Oakwell? You were the, the best of the rest last year in finishing fourth with an impressive 86 points and were beaten playoff finalists at Wembley. But you've changed managers over the summer, which from the outside seems like a bit of a low, uh, seems like a bit of a blow. Uh, do you expect to be in contention again this season? Um, yeah, we do expect to be in contention, but you know, I'd be lying if I said uh, we're all a little bit apprehensive about this season. It's um, it's been a bit of a turbulent summer. Obviously, losing as we lost <laughs> still hurts even now. Um, but yeah, and then Michael Duff obviously leaving um, and the delay it was sort of inevitable. But team seemed to take well weeks and weeks for it to finally get sorted, and then it, our policy of of finding a new manager um, again seemed to take forever, and it just seems like we're a bit um, late in coming to pre-season. We've had a few pre-season friendlies that have been cancelled. We've had some all behind closed doors. It, yeah, it's been difficult. We actually got to see the team properly for the first time yesterday, um, which, to be honest, was pretty good. But yeah, it just seems that we're a little bit underprepared for this season. Um, having said that, you know, I'd still be very disappointed if we didn't challenge the top six. I'm not going to say more than the top six because I think that would be uh, too optimistic at the moment. But yeah, it's been a it's been a turbulent time, and um, I think we might go into the season a bit a bit slower than we would have done had Michael Duff been been still with us. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's always never ideal to lose your manager to, uh, you know, in, in kind of unexpected circumstances being poached. It's not your decision. Uh, ben, uh, Reading obviously fascinates me because obviously it's local to me. Um, I've kind of grown up uh, watching them from afar. Lots of my friends support Reading. Relegated teams are regularly slotted in as promotion contenders in the division below. And as Derby fans, there are a few parallels between Reading's current situation and ourselves in the last year or so. You would have stayed up last season were it not for the points deduction. You're currently under a transfer embargo, but you have managed to recruit a few players in the summer. How do you rate your chances of bouncing back, having seen some of the teams in League One and the situation you find yourselves in? Yeah, not not good to be honest with you, Richard. Um, I think if we'd had this conversation, you know, two even a week ago, then then the mood probably would have been a lot more positive. Um, you know, you, you mentioned relegation. Obviously, you know, mathematically, the, the the six point deduction did effectively do us. But you can't, you know, you, you can't be in a situation where you haven't won a game since February and expect to stay in the league in any league. So, you know, we've we've not won any game of football at all since February. That's that's how bad it is at the moment. And you know, I know um, James was was talking about you know kind of not putting value on on pre seasons, but. You know, we've we've scored three goals in five games. We've had a very very small pool of players uh, to to play in those in those games, and and already you know we you know we we've played some strong sides. You know, Southampton played Swansea yesterday, but 
already it's it's become very toxic at the club. Um, and I never thought I'd walk into a season before it started and say, I can't wait for the season to be over. That's that's kind of where we're at at the moment. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very flattered that you've, you've invited me on to, to talk with, you know, <laughs> Bolton, Barnsley and, and Portsmouth fans. But we're at the moment, unless we get between, I'd say between eight and 12 players in in the next week, we, we're going to have a very, very difficult start. Um, obviously play, play Peterborough on, on Saturday, which is not going to be an easy game for us at all. So yeah, it, it's going to be very difficult for us as it stands right now. But you know, as as most people on the pod know, football is a is a very fickle game and it can change very quickly. Um, if we can get some issues sorted out and we can bring some players in um, and pay a few bills, shall we say, then then you know we we might be able to start getting some recruits in. But at the moment, you know, there's talk of of two of our new signings not not even being registered for Saturday. So that's that's the kind of predicament yeah. that we're in at the moment, and it's all it's all self inflicted um, from a from a club hierarchy point of view. But as always in these situations, you know, it's it's always the fans that suffer, um, and it's it's very very frustrating because having been relegated, you know, the positive side of that is that you can potentially do a reset. We've we've completely failed to do that. You know, we've got Ruben Sellers in as a manager, long kind of long winded. Uh, protracted negotiations with Chris Wilder, who may or may not have, have been really interested in joining us potentially, but you know we're we're with Ruben now. I think every fan is is behind him, willing him to do well. Same with the players as well. It's just it's just the top office that that really now we have kind of serious issues with. I think when you kind of compare Reading's situation now with with the situation Derby found themselves in last season, obviously the benefit that we had in a way was we kind of. Obviously, we went through administration and it was an incredibly scary time thinking we were going to potentially lose the club. But we did manage to get a new owner just in time almost to kind of get some kind of pre-season planning and some signings in, in the door. And I think we did quite well in picking up some of the free agents we did. There was cons to some of the age profile of those, but it made us competitive at least. Ben, one thing I'm interested in with Reading is one of the kind of reputations you've had over the last... 10 even maybe 20 years is is your youth academy and you've been able to lean on that a lot in the past is is there enough uh good young players in 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 the reading academy who are ready to step up and and play that role or is it looking pretty bare on that front at the moment there are players there richard you know they've they're being coached by Noel hunt who you know i don't like the phrase but is, is a reading legend and you know people know that he took over towards the end of last season when when Paul Lintz was was very belatedly sacked, I have to say. Um, but the, the issue is that we've had so many managers over the last sort of five, six years that have not invested in youth. So, you know, what you'd want to do is drip feed those players into the squad, um, you know, kind of bed them into championship football at the time, where, you know, where we've been over the last few years. But because we've always been fighting for either top end of the table in that weird blip COVID season, um, or, or, or basically just fighting for our lives to, to stay in the championship. We haven't been able to trust those players. And a lot of them have moved on over time. Um, a lot of them are, are still at the club, but they're nowhere near ready based on the way that pre-season's panned out to, to be able to consistently compete in, you know, for, for my money, what is, is probably the most open league one um, that, that, that has been for, for years. So we, we really need some experience, but again, you know, without going into too much detail, we can't we can't buy anybody. Uh, we can't go out and sign anyone who's already on a contract. We're, we're looking at free agents, and you know, at this point, all of the the, the kind of the most attractive free agents have, have been taken. So we are at the moment, you know, the last dog at the bowl in terms of bringing players in. That's not to say that they might not work if they if they do come in, but we're going to need some experience. We're going to need some players that are literally ready to play and, and ready to go. Now we, we can't sign players that are going to need sort of three, four weeks to, to acclimatise to the situation. We, we we just have to get going. And we, we probably are about three weeks away from, from where we'd want to be as a club right now. So it's, um it, it you know, that first month for us, you know, August is, is going to be really telling. And I think that will, that will really show us as fans and, and the rest of the league kind of where we're, where we're going to be fighting this season, really. Yeah, I wonder if uh, when it comes to kind of that first month, I mean, there's still there's still transfer activity to happen, obviously, obviously in August, including loan signings, which can often be the, the difference maker for some teams, you know, whether or not you're a contenders or not. We we didn't do particularly well with, with loan signings last season, uh, and they, they, they can obviously be a huge benefit. Um, and you mentioned there, obviously, it being a, 
I think it's going to be a pretty open league. We're going to come, up, going to come on to that a bit more in the second half. But Jake, uh, let's bring in the, the Portsmouth perspective now. To, to most fans outside of League One, Pompey would seem like an obvious choice uh, to be in promotion contention, I think. But it's your seventh year at this level. And after top six finishes in 18, 19 and 19, 20, Portsmouth were eighth last year after being the early season pace setters with six wins from their first eight. Jake, what went wrong last year in terms of the rest of the season? And, and are you confident that you can rectify it for, for this season? It's been a troubling couple of years, hasn't it? Um, three consecutive campaigns now without even reaching the top six, which you know for us is is severely underwhelming. We we had a bit of a fresh start under Danny Cowley, of course, coming in for, for Kenny Jackett. A lot of Pompey fans were really hoping that that would be, or he would be the man to take us up into the championship. And unfortunately, it all got a little bit sour sort of halfway through um, last season. He was dismissed after the um, first game of the calendar year at home to Charlton. Pompey found themselves in a rut. Uh, one win in 15 league matches. We'd gone from a side that at the start of the campaign were looking really strong um, at the top of the table, unbeaten by sort of mid-September time and, and, and looking really promising to to go on and kick on and maybe make it our year. But um, yeah, as we have been accustomed to over the last couple of seasons, it, it just wasn't our year. And unfortunately, Danny Cowley wasn't the man to take us up. And um that was frustrating for a lot of Pompey fans, not just because of the, the kind of manager he was, the kind of coach he was, but just the kind of personality that he he brought to the dressing room and the way that he really he sold himself to support his supporters. He's a he's a fantastic man and a really great asset to have at any football club and and really a, a proud sort of head coach to have at your side. So in regards to not just what happens on the pitch, but in the community as well, the way that he, he addresses himself to the media and supporters. So it really was a massive shame that he wasn't able to do what we'd all hoped that he could do and take us into the championship. But I think ultimately at the time that he was sacked, um, probably right timing. A, a lot of people may be saying it was a few weeks too late, but ultimately what let him down was a a, a lot of injuries to the squad. It's, it's not an excuse, but it, it was a defining factor into what really evaluated his downfall. Um, but as, as a head coach, you've got to try and overcome these situations. But yeah, a whole host of injuries. And, and in the end, I think a lot of teams just found out his method of play. And I don't really think either him or Nicky had a plan B or any sort of route to overcome the, the, the troubles we had found ourselves in the sort of November, December period of last season. So yeah, very unfortunate. But we find ourselves now... Hopefully, this won't be a fourth season without the playoffs. We want to at least get the top six. But as I'm sure you, you've already mentioned with the signings we've we've made so far, with the fact that, you know, no disrespect to the teams in this division, but when you compare this league to what it has been over the last couple of seasons, when you've got your, your Sunderlands, your Ipswiches, your Sheffield Wednesdays, this is one of the weaker divisions that it has been in, in the yeah. last couple of years. I'm not saying it's weak by any stretch of the imagination. Because I won't be surprised if we end up finishing fifth or sixth to the likes of Reading, Bolton, Barnsley, Derby County, for example. But this is a chance for us to to, to, to really capitalise on some off-field issues that are happening at the likes of Wigan, Reading, for example, um, and, and missing Sheffield Wednesday and New Sunderland. So, yeah, we, we've had a strong pre-season. We've brought in 12 players. It's been another overhaul. We've just got to hit the ground running on Saturday and, and try and have a a really positive start to the campaign, but most importantly, just be consistent throughout, unlike what we were last season. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I completely agree with you in terms of it being that open. I, I really think it is, and I think particularly open, not just because of the teams that went up uh, last season, but because of the, the problems that, as Ben's already outlined at Reading, obviously there's there's similar disruption at Wigan as well. I mean, I wouldn't count out Evo's, Evo's teams maybe overperforming um, and having a run at it, but it does look like the teams that have come down are, are probably weaker than usual because of the problems they've, 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 they've inherited. Jake, how about um, Pompey in terms of uh, a star maybe or, or a top player that we should be we should be looking out for? Well, I think in, in recent seasons, a lot of uh, away supporters or visiting supporters coming up against Pompey would, would pin that to the likes of Ronan Curtis. But, you know, he's no longer under contract. He suffered a really big injury last season and he was offered to, uh, a contract to stay at the club, um, didn't take it. He's still 
in Portsmouth. He's still training with us or he's still trying to recover from his ACL injury, but it's going to keep him out until the new year. So he's not someone that you, you will be labelling as a player to watch this season because of that reason. But with the new signings coming in, Reagan Paul, I, I haven't spoken to Pompey fans and got, got him the sort of general consensus from his transfer window. He seems to be the the most impressive signing of the summer. He's a rock at the back and, and many believe that he should be playing at a high level. So Reagan Paul, from a perspective of he's probably been the best signing so far, but if you're coming to Fratton Park or if you're playing Pompey, then you're looking at players that are going to trouble you in an attacking sense. And with the likes of Paddy Lane, he may be injured until September. We don't know the the overall sort of diagnosis of his recent knock, but Anthony Scully, Gavin White as well. I'm not too sure if I can label one particular person to look out for, if I'm being completely honest, because we've not seen these players play together on too many occasions. But if I had to pick two, I'll go for Gavin White and Anthony Scully because they come with um, a lot of pedigree experience, but also they're, you know, they're not necessarily old, you know, they've not been around the block. They've got the necessary experience in this sort of division, but they've also got the potential. They're the, they're the perfect kind of Richard Hughes signings, our new sporting director, the kind of players he wants to bring in. Young-ish with a bit of potential, but that experience to lead Pompey forward. And I think they'll be a real threat this season. Well, more in the second half of the pod from our guests on their key players and their predictions for this season. But just a quick note to say that you can find Steve Bloomer's washing on Patreon. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomer's washing for bonus episodes, access to SBW merchandise and access to our very active Discord channel. See you after the break. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Nice in-swinger. Up goes Robinson, doesn't clearly get the header. Leicester to get it out, Power returns it. It's dropping, it's in! It's in! I think it might have gone straight in! Oh, wretched defending by Leicester! And Flowers very much at fault. I think it might be Daryl Powell all the way. He just lofted it in back post, and Flowers made a hogs of it with about three defenders it just dropped under the bar what an embarrassing goal for Leicester City it's Darryl Powell's first of the season and it might be one of the important goals Darryl Powell the scorer so Tracy uh, as we said Barnsley obviously had a very uh, good last season came very close to getting promoted of course We've already heard the rundown. You expect, obviously, or hope Barnsley to be in the running for promotion this season. How about your side's maybe standout player or player you think could make a, a real impact uh, in League One this season? Uh, yeah, I think we've got potentially two standout players. One might not be with us. Um, hopefully, the other one will be all season. But um, the standout player was pretty much a standout player last year other than uh, Mads Anderson, who's gone to pursue his Premier League dreams. And good luck to him at Luton. Um but Luke O'Connell, which will probably upset our Bolton friends, he was outstanding last season. Uh, he marshalled our midfield and and he was, for such a young player uh, who played very little competitive football at this level, uh, he came from nowhere. We signed him from Celtic as a bit of an unknown uh, and he, he was outstanding all season. And I say, as I say, if it wasn't for the fact that Mads Anderson was so consistent as, as the middle of the back three, uh, and it's proven because he's, like I said, he's gone to play in the Premier League. Um, Luca would have hands down been our best player last year. He was, he was just the heartbeat of the team, the engine. Uh, already, our new manager Neil Collins has alluded to the fact that, you know, he, he, he likes him, everything about him. The one thing that I'm worried about is I'm yet to see him. He's, he's only played one game in pre-season. He was nowhere to be seen yesterday at Oakwell when we had our last uh, pre-season friendly. Um, I just hope he's. He's got a cold or something and we're wrapping him very, very deeply in cotton wool um, <laughs> because um, he is definitely our main player. The other sort of sideline is is Callum Styles, who who was out on loan last year at Millwall and, and was due to pretty much go. It was inevitable he was leaving us. But for whatever reason, that hasn't happened. And um, he played yesterday and it's the first time we've seen him for pretty much a season and, and he was quite frankly, outstanding. So he should be because he's, if I'm being honest, probably too good for League One. No disrespect to League One, but he is. And if we manage to hold on to him, um, which, you know, he was there, he was playing, he, he definitely will be an outstanding player. 
we might only hold on to him till January because I'm I'm led to believe there's a two million price tag on him, and if someone offers that, he's off. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a great player as well. So our midfield is looking extremely strong, defensively less strong, but uh, midfield and going forward, I'm confident. So yeah, I'm going to go for Luca Connell, assuming he's he's going to be good, and and Callum Styles if he if he stays around. Yeah, it's always hard uh, in pre-season. There's lots of quite a few signings that Derby have made uh, this summer. On on paper, they look like great signings, and we're quite confident about them. Then you start digging around, researching their their kind of fans' forums from their previous clubs' views, and it becomes a bit more mixed. Or and when you see them when they're injured in pre-season, whatever. So it's just you just don't know, do you? Until really kind of September, October, which of those new signings is really going to make an impact. James at Bolton, uh, who are you most excited about seeing uh, next season? Who should we be looking out for? Again, I could rattle off a list of names. Um, just, just a few quick short ones that I'm going to mention. Obviously, Nathan Baxter's come in to um, replace James Trafford, who's seems to be Burnley number one. Um, that's, a, that's a championship quality keeper coming in to replace a very, very good young keeper who's going to be future England number one someday. That's how highly I praise him. Big day for strikers, obviously, Dion Charles got, um, I think it was 19 last season in the league, and I expect him to have another solid goal-scoring season. It, the thing is, it's really hard to choose between two, so I'm just going to rattle them both off. And, and neither of them are new signings that we've made this season, but signings that I think are just going to kick on and have an absolutely incredible um, year this season. Um, first one is going to be uh, again in our midfield, Kyle, Kyle Dempsey. He's gonna he's gonna get d- double digits from midfield if he stays fit. Ian's trusting him a lot more to shoot from distance. He's got an he's got an engine on him. Um, he, he he can be everywhere. He, he's he's also got a bit of bullishness about him. Maybe too maybe a bit too much if you ask a, a few people on a Carlisle night out. But uh, outside of that, uh, yeah. Kyle Dempsey is going to be an absolute sensation for us this season and uh, I can't wait. And the other one I want to point out is um, Randell Williams, who is our um, who is a left wing back. Um, he kind of started a bit inconsistently when he signed from Hull. First two games he was brilliant, then fell off a bit, but then slowly, slowly started to get better and better as the, as the more games he played. Uh, the thing about him was, um, in his previous stints at Exeter and Hull City, he was either an out-and-out winger or an out-and-out fullback. He never really played in between, like in the wingback role. So there's been a bit of adjustment for him. But if uh, all performance signs in pre-season are as positive as they seem, um, he's going to go into this season with so, so, so much confidence, and yeah, he, he's going to be an, he's going to be a nightmare for um, right backs to deal with. He's he's got a lot of flair about his play. He is a player that is massively confident, and on a, especially on a left side that last season we kept, we had a lot of turnaround there. There was Jack Idale at first, who was um, really not suited, but looks more suited this season as a left centre back. Um, Declan John, who was in and out, and. He came back in briefly and now he seems to be out again and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on his way. Um, plus another lone or two here and there that didn't work out. But I, I think he's really in there to make that position his own. So yeah, them two players, Cal Dempsey and Randell Williams, although I could also point to at least three or four more that could potentially kick on and have an amazing season. Ben, I kind of hesitate to ask you this question because you just heard uh, your fellow fans in this league, particularly... Uh, James and Tracy rattle off a few names of players they want to look out for. And I'm, I'm wondering if you've got any names, <laughs> considering your previous answer, that you want to uh, tip as, as as being good prospects for the season ahead. Um, well, I mean, in, in terms of our senior pros that, that are already there, n- none that would, would stand out really. Um, n- you know, not doing a disservice to them, but they are they've been part of a team that's consistently underperformed for, for sort of two, three seasons. So confidence is, is not high really with, with those players. Um, I mean, look, we've, we've signed, we've signed some all right looking guys, you know, we've, we've signed Charlie Savage, what Lewis wing in from, uh, you know, from Wickham. And I, I was delighted when you introduced everyone on the podcast here, uh, that no one was from Cambridge. Cause obviously we've raided them for Harvey Nibs and, and Sam Smith. And realistically, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, those players currently to to kind of step up and and give us things that that we've not got, but you know they some of those are pulling two three jobs at the moment in the team. So 
what what we've massively lacked is a is a consistent spine and a and a strong spine that we can go okay this is this, we know that these four or five players are going to play and they're going to perform week in week out we just haven't had that for for a number of seasons um if if you're asking me to to pin one of those guys then probably Harvey Nibs who looks very very bright uh he, you know he, he's kind of done quite well in pre-season when others haven't in terms of the young players coming through, we've got a guy called Kelvin Abrafer, who is a, a right back, very, very attacking right back, who who kind of had a few um, starts and, and kind of sub appearances last season, and he looked very, very good. Uh, the problem for him is that he, he probably won't start unless something happens to Andy Eardom, who's kind of been a staple of our, our back line for the last few seasons. So realistically, we're looking at, at either the players that are coming in to, to, to really be our star guy, or, you know, fingers crossed, we can get some more in. And, and, you know, if you ask me in a week's time, I might say someone completely different. So, uh, depending on who we're able to get through the door. Yeah, I do think it's something to be said for signing players who are kind of current League One players. Like, it's, it's all well and good and getting players down, you know, convincing players to drop a division from the Championship down to League One. That can pay off. Obviously, we had McGoldrick last season and, and he was fantastic for us. Um but I do think that one of the things that Derby have done this season, we have signed more players who have got very recent or were existing League One players. And I think that can be a benefit. And I think they're really important assets to teams. I want to change it up now and ask you all a few questions um, about the wider division and, and kind of maybe some of your predictions of where certain teams might fit into certain categories. And I'll, I'll straight, go straight back to you, Ben. I want to ask you all um, about the team or manager who you think will be starting uh, this season under the most pressure to deliver? Who do you think is under the most pressure? So, Ben, who would you think maybe is is the team or or the manager who has the most expectation on their shoulders? Uh, Well, it won't be Ruben Sellers, (laughs) put it that way. Um, You know, he's already a hero at at Reading. So, um, you know, if he can stay, that would be fantastic. I I think in terms of pressure, it's, it's difficult because, you know, you look at the expectations of, of all the teams, you know, competing in League One, and you know, one that stands out to me is is obviously Peterborough because they had that awful collapse, and it was a collapse, whichever way you look at it, in terms of the playoffs. You know, you can't be four 0 up and and then throw it away in the second leg. It's just it's just ridiculous. So I I think you know there will be expectations for them to start very very well, um, and and kind of be up there sort of in and around Christmas time. If they're not, I can I can see Ferguson you know, leaving and then being replaced by himself, which he always seems to do somehow, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Peterborough will, will, will look to to be in that bracket. And, um, you know, Jake won't like me for this, but I, I feel like Massino might be um, under pressure a little bit in terms of the players they've got. You know, I'm, I'm amazed that he's gone through his players and not mentioned 20-goal um, Colby Bishop. And, you know, he got all these players available, you know, Joe Morrell, who I really, really like. Uh, as a player, and and if they're not, you know, in and around the top six, as as he said earlier, I, I feel like the pressure will be on him as well. Jake, how, do you want to respond to that? I mean, obviously, from the Pompey perspective, I think you probably have got expectations, but outside of Pompey, where do you where do you see maybe the the biggest pressure? Yeah, um, I, I think the pressure is on us. If I'm being completely honest, I think I agree with that statement. Um, you know, Colby Bishop, he had a fantastic season last season. I, 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 am concerned that maybe this season he won't be able to live up to that expectation, carry that over. Um, which is why personally I did, I didn't mention him. He's the kind of player that for us last campaign knew how to stick the ball into the back of the net, but in terms of his sort of gameplay elsewhere, great at holding the ball up up top, but didn't necessarily offer a lot of pace or any sort of, um you know, any sort of flair elsewhere. But no, I think in in terms of other teams, I don't think, as has already been mentioned tonight, there's not a lot of pressure on the likes of Reading or Wigan. I think it will be between, you know, us, Portsmouth, Derby County and, and Peterborough as well. Darren Ferguson and, and his superb record in, in getting Peterborough out of League One, sacked him a championship and back again to get him out again. So I think the pressure will be on those three teams in particular. Um I, I do think John Messino's got um arguably the, the biggest of pressures on his shoulders, which is um which is, is is concerning considering he's about to enter enter only his first full management season. He's he's a newbie to all of this. So I am very cautious of this upcoming campaign. I know there's a lot of pressure on Pompey. I know that we are probably up there in, in terms of being the bookies' favourites for at least a a top three finish, considering how pre season's gone and the signings we brought in. 
But I also know that this is our seventh season in this division. And quite often it's the case. We start the season off pretty well, get our hopes up, and then end up in eighth position come the end of the campaign. So quietly confident, but um, I'm not going to put all my eggs in, in, into my basket just yet until we hear the final whistle, the final game of the season. Yeah, I mean, just from a Derby perspective, there's definitely a lot of pressure from within the fan base now, I'd say. Um, on, on not, not specifically on Paul Warren, but on on the club to, to really deliver a, a genuine top two challenge. And uh, I think, um, not necessarily my views, I think we, we do have no excuses to really make a challenge. But I think a lot of people are kind of looking to Paul Warren to really get us solidly in that top two. Uh, based on some of the signs we've made, based on his track record and based on some of the things that he said. So I think there's a lot of pressure on, on Derby this season. In terms of teams, uh, maybe it could be a dark horse or a surprise package. Uh, James, how, how do you assess the, the rest of the division in terms of who might spring a surprise to be up there? Maybe do a Plymouth and, and really challenge that top two or, or make a dart for the top six that we hadn't considered before. I think a lot of people are really undervaluing Blackpool. I really do. Um, the a lot of their problems last season in the championship stem from them having a ridiculous amount of injuries, uh, but uh, as well as weirdly appointing Michael Appleton, which was an appointment that made absolutely no sense to me, considering he was middling with Lincoln before he joined them. It was such a very baffling appointment. But, but this season, bringing back an, an old favourite, and I think he will have the same kind of magic again in Neil Critchley, um, play, and play quite an it quite a fairly uh, exciting brand of football. Um, a lot of their signings are um, really solid. Um, players that have been there and done it, like um, like Albie Morgan and um, Ollie Norburn in this, in this division to bolster what's already a pretty solid midfield with likes of Kenny Dougal and Matty Virtue. The defence could use one or two more bodies, but again, bringing in Matthew Pennington, who was quite a standout from a, from a, from a Shrewsbury side. Um, that have been quite frankly decimated this season after losing the likes of Cottrell and Leahy, and um, yeah, and also I think uh, bringing in their forward line, uh, although they've lost the likes of um, Jerry Yates and and Gary Medine, who have been um, pretty frequent goal scorers for them in both this league and and the league above uh, in previous seasons. While they still need to add another body or two up, the, up there, I think Kyle Joseph is a really, really shrewd signing. He scored nine goals for a, quite a poor Oxford side last season. So if you can get him the kind of service that I, I expect Blackpool to be given their forward line this season, um, he, he'll easily get into double digits. So yeah, I would not be surprised to see Blackpool um, take everybody by storm and challenge for a top two place. I also want to give a brief mention... A lot of people will not agree with me on this one, but I, I think Fleetwood will also be up there. I understand the situation behind the scenes with their chairman and all the fraud allegations and um, his, <laughs> and his eventual jail time. But I don't think that's going to let them affect them because one, he's put up the club up for sale right away as soon as these things are, as soon as these things happened, and um, I expect someone to pick that up pretty. Uh, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and when you go outside of that, Fleetwood have a quietly strong squad that have been allowed to build chemistry for uh, last year. They finished on a positive goal difference last year. And um, as long as the off-field issues don't affect Scott Brown, I won't be surprised to see them kick on and challenge for to, for a playoff place. Interesting, very interesting. Good to see uh, you sticking to those northwest, uh, northwest roots there, James. Uh, but yeah, Blackpool, Blackpool's a great shout. We could easily have had Blackpool on this podcast for sure because, as of the three teams that have come down, they probably are best placed to to bounce back, bounce back up. Uh, Tracy, what's your view on on maybe a, a surprise package uh, to look out for this season? Uh, yeah, it's a tough one, really. I think I think Charlton have, um, have have done very well, sort of in from what I've seen in their sort of pre-season um, transfers. They seem to have made some some shrewd signings. Alfie May, obviously, is a funny one because he got linked with us a lot last year due to the Michael Duff-Cheltenham uh, link. And a lot of fans would have been keen for us to sign him. And I think he could be a bit of a dark horse for the for the leading goal scorer this year. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Charlton um, could definitely come up on the rails and and maybe be a top six that, that some weren't sort of expecting, really. Um I also think, and this is 
probably because of what I saw last year. And and we, you know, we were pretty good last year, but we played Exeter twice and Exeter played us off the field twice. Um, and I really think that, that they could overachieve this year. They do very well in the loan market. I know they've lost Jay Stansfield, who was outstanding, for, in my opinion, last year for them. Um, but I really think Exeter could... I'm not saying they get top six, but in the same way that James talked about, like Fleetwood, I think Exeter could could sort of knock a few surprises and, and, and dent a few hopes of probably all of us across the season. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to predict Charlton to get in the top six where maybe... Others wouldn't, and, and Exeter to sort of just scare a few. That's that's my uh, dark horses for the next season. Yeah, all these names that James and Tracy are throwing. I'm, I'm feeling less and less confident about Derby's prospects now as this as this podcast goes on. Um, you mentioned there are potential goal scorers in this division, uh, Ben. Who who do you think maybe is a potential danger man uh, for, in the goal scoring stakes? Who are we expecting to do the business? Outside of Reading, obviously, who'll be the, the Connor Chaplin or the Johnson Clark Harris for twenty three twenty four? Uh, I like Colby Bishop um, a, a lot. You know, I, I, I think he did obviously very, very well last season. Um, you know, good point made by by Jake in terms of whether or not he can he can do it again uh, this season. But you know, realistically, for me, in terms of the way that he plays, you know, very, very direct from from what I've seen of him, I, I think he could do some damage again this season. Um, it's it, you know, it's difficult because there's a lot of good strikers in the league, you know, and. Um, it, it all depends on how these teams start, and, and, and you know, once the confidence gets going, it, you might have someone completely left field come in and, and knock in sort of twenty five goals. So, it's it, for me at the moment, you know, pre season or, or still pre season as we are, what a week away from from the league starting, um, it, it would be Carby Bishop for me. Uh, and Jake, looking outside of Portsmouth, who, who do you think are the danger men in the division? With, with Johnson Clark Harris um, and, and his record in this division, just consistently getting um, get him get him that golden boot. I, I don't think you can really look past him as to getting that again. His, his achievements in this division are, are second to none. I'd like to think, as, as per my earlier point, that that Colby Bishop will kick on and, and, and have a fantastic second season and continue where he lost, left off last season. And, I've got no doubt that with the, the signings we brought in and the support that he's going to get, that he'll be able to do that. But in in terms of the actual um, golden boot winner, I'd, I'd have to go for Johnson Clark Harris. And how about you, James? Who, who are you looking out for? Uh, well, I'm not going to be selfish and name one of my own players. He <laughs> <laughs> um, was mentioned earlier, actually. I think um, Alfie May is going to thrive at Charlton under Dean Holden. Um, he'll, he'll get a lot more service than he got at Cheltenham um, and he won't have to... Um, Rely on scraps or um, maybe or catching the keeper out with a uh, wonder strike as much this season, and I think he'll benefit from it. So we've seen what he can do with when he's a bit more starred to service. So imagine how he does if he if he gets the service that I th- that I think he's entitled to to get at um, Charlton. Um, and if it's not him, it's going to be Miles Miles Leeburn at Charlton when he's eventually fit again. So I, I I wouldn't I'd say I'd say one of them too if it's not going to be Johnson Clark Harris or one of our own players, either Dion Charles or Adebayo. Yeah, uh, Alfie May was definitely one of the, the most in demand strikers I think this this pre season, and Derby were, were linked with him. I don't know how close or interested Derby were. I know a lot of Derby fans were very keen and uh, to have him and. and and gutted that we didn't sign him. So I think obviously he he is someone to, to be looking out for. Tracy, lastly from you on on who maybe is the the hot the hot property to watch. Yeah, like I said, I mentioned Alfie May, and obviously yourself and James have just talked about it. But um, James is going to be pleased because I'm I'm going to go for Dion Charles. Um, I think Clark Harris. You know, if Peterborough don't start the way that they hope, I think he could end up going um, sort of you know the January transfer window. Um, and I think Dion Charles will stay with Bolton because I think they're going to do very well. James, you can you know thank me later. Um, but yeah, uh, and I think he's he's probably going to be uh, a bit of a super. Well, he was a superstar last year, but I think more of a superstar this year without the likes of obviously Connor Chaplin and and Josh Windass at Wednesday, etc. So yeah, I think I think Dion Charles will be the man. Great. Well, let's before we round off with your each person's predictions for top two and playoffs. I, I can't leave it, James, without asking you about Ian Everett because obviously Derby County fans do have very fond memories of of your gaffer as a player at Derby, and we have been linked with him obviously in the past uh, for managerial appointments. No idea if we actually did ever approach him, him or talk to him. But James, I'll be interested just to hear your 
your reflections and thoughts on Ian Evatt's performances as, as Gaffer over the last few years? Uh, I'm not gay, but I love the man. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Ian, Ian Everett is genuinely the best manager we've had since Sam Allardyce. He's, he's absolutely superb. And uh, this is probably a bit, this might be a bit of a bold statement, but I honestly don't think he'd leave us uh, unless it was for like an upper end Premier League club. We've we've built up all the structure around him ever since our new ownership came in and appointed him uh, around the style that he wants to he wants to play. You know, we've given him all the some of the best backroom staff that we could possibly find within our budget to help him out. We've we've revamped our academy structure to help him out and hopefully blossom through some players in the in the future once uh, things start to settle on that end. And he is just so in sync with uh, with everything with Bill. He 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 just seemed he constantly has a smile on his face in interviews with us. I think he's extremely happy here. And when you've got a really happy manager that uh, playing the kind of style that he does successfully, it proves that it was worth the uh, compensation package that we had to pay to Barrow all those years ago. And it, he will be he will be a Premier League manager with Bolton in the future. I I have absolutely no doubt about that. That is the thing of one of the, uh, I don't know if it's a pro because no one wants to end up in a position that Bolton Marine or is similar to the kind of Derby and Reading, kind of the way that they've kind of had their falls from grace recently. But, you know, if you can reset and you can find the right man and build the club around him, which is kind of what I think Derby's new owner wants to do with Paul Warren and what you've obviously done with Ian Everett, it can obviously reap the rewards. Uh, and so, yeah, if you can keep hold of him and he feels comfortable with the club, then yeah, that can turn into a great thing. And obviously, been your best gaffer since Sam Adice is, is definitely definitely high praise. So last question of the pod then. We're going to ask you all your uh, who your tips are for top two and playoffs. Don't want too much explanation. Just kind of give us those top tips then. Uh, Tracy, you first. Who, who's going to be in your top two and who's going to make the playoffs? Well, it would seem I'm going to please the people around here because I think Bolton are going to win the league and Derby <laughs> are going to finish second. Um, I'll take that. Yeah, I guess you both will. Um, I think Charlton are going to get in there. Portsmouth also, sorry, Ben, <laughs> I've not got you in there, unfortunately. Um, I'd like to think we're going to be in there, so that's a top six. And I'm going for a, a real sort of wild card, Oxford. Good stuff. Uh, Jake, how do you see it shaking out? Well, given the events of the last few seasons, I'd never um, confidently put Pompey too high. But I, I, I don't think you can shy away from the fact that th- this season, it, it's got to be our, our year to at least get into the top six. So as far as the top two are concerned, I agree with Tracy, um, Derby and Bolton. I think I've got that the, the other way around. I think Derby County are going to win the league. I think Ian Everett's uh, um, going to take Bolton up via the automatics. And as far as the playoffs are concerned, you're always going to get um, your sort of outside shot. Um, I've gone for Pompey in the playoffs, Charlton, um, Barnsley. And as that sort of, as the outsider, Genuinely, I think you're looking at maybe Exeter or yeah, no Exeter, Exeter City. I'm going to go for Exeter. I think every season you're going to get one one team that just sort of either creeps in right at the very end after um, that that sort of momentum that carries you in uh, from the end of January. And I've got no reason why Exeter can't kick on and do that. Great. And just so you know, guys, you haven't got to all say Derby just because you're on the Derby County <laughs> podcast. So, you know, please don't please don't flatter us. Um, ben, uh, how do you see it shaking out? I imagine you haven't got Reading in your top six. I'm so glad you didn't put me straight on after Tracy because I probably would have sworn she'd slapped us out and put Oxford in. What is going on here? Honestly, can it get any worse this weekend? Unbelievable. Um, no, I mean, yeah, we're, we're miles off, off. I think if we end up in, in the top six, then we've had a phenomenal season. Um, you, you know, as I said earlier, things change so quickly, but at the moment it's not, it's not looking likely at all. Um, top two... Well, it's going to be Derby and Bolton. Just go with everybody else. But I, I, I agree with with the sentiment you know, shared by everyone else on the pod. Uh, top six in no particular, uh, top four, sorry, or, or playoff four in no particular order. Uh, I go Portsmouth, Charlton, Peterborough, um, and then I'm I'm going to stick a wild card in here. I'm going to say Lincoln. I think they might be a little bit of a surprise. You know, they're they're building. Um, you know, they they've got a bit of stability going. Seem like a reasonably happy club, unless I've completely misread that situation, because uh, I don't know what a happy club is anymore, Richard. So um, I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going for them. I, I think Blackpool will be there or thereabouts as well. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I, I think realistically, you know, those those teams, Barnsley obviously will. will I, I would imagine will will be there too. 
Um, but I, I think the playoff race is going to be a lot more competitive than, than the race for top two, to be honest. I think there'll be a big gap between, um, you know, whoever finishes second and, and, and third. Okay, so James, the question is, uh, they've, they've all gone for us two in, in the top two, which piles the pressure on even more. So the question is to you, James, is that, uh, is that how you see it shaking out? I do not have Derby in my top two. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I do have you down as playoff winners, but I do not have you in my top two. Um, I, I bigged them up earlier, but I, th- I think Blackpool are going to finish um, second. And uh, uh, maybe this is just my bottom bias talking, but I, I think we're going. I think we're going to sweep the league. I really, really do. I, I think. I, I think a lot of people are underestimating the job that we that we're that we're doing and. Yeah, it might be rose tinted glasses, but I think we're comfortably going to finish champions. Um, a, a lot of Bolton fans uh, probably just want me to shut up, but I don't care. I'll, I'll big us up, and then I'll I'll take the flack afterwards if we don't. <laughs> um, as for playoffs, uh, like I said, I've got Derby as my playoff winners um, to fill the other places. Uh, I've got Charlton fourth. I think they'll do really well. I've got Portsmouth fifth. I'll be kind, and I think I think Portsmouth will make the final, but it'll be heartbreak. Sorry. I'll take that. We've never won a playoff game ever, semi-final. So I'll take a final appearance at this rate. You, you won't say that when you if you lose in final, things go the way I say. But hey, whatever it will be, will be. And six, I really don't want to go for Peterborough, but I know what they're like. Purely just because I don't want to go for Peterborough, uh, I'll 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 name one. I'll name the other dark horse that I said Fleetwood, but with the caveat that it's only if their off-field issues do not affect them. If they do, just put Peterborough there. Okay, good. Well, quite a, quite a mix of teams for the playoffs, which I think probably does reflect the fact it is quite an open division uh, this season. Probably probably about 12 teams that would fancy getting into those playoffs. Um, and yeah, pressure's been piled on Derby then to, to get into the top two, and along with, along with Bolton by no one else, but apart, you know, even even the fan on the pod has, has got Bolton running away with League One. So James, we'll have to have you back on maybe uh, around Christmas time and end of, end of the season to see uh, see how that um, turned out. But thank you to all of you guys for coming to the pod, James, Jake, Tracy, and Ben. And yeah, I would I would like to see if we can catch up with you guys again later in the season just to see how it's how it's playing out and how the season proceeds. But uh, in the meantime, thanks all for coming on to the uh, Steve Bloomer's Watching podcast, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you.